This is the Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran podcast. Hey, family. Welcome to Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran. Thank you for listening today. First, I'd like to pay tribute to the late, great John Robert Lewis, who passed away at 80 years old on Friday morning. One described Congressman Lewis as an acorn who stood tall among oak trees, an American patriot who loved America even when America did not love him. The civil rights movement has lost the legend. He was the embodiment of courage as he never backed down from an opportunity to take a stand for equality and justice. Even when the stakes were very high, threatening life or death, his life. I honor this selfless soul for being a true soldier until the end. Not only did he march on the front lines, he stayed on the front lines. He lived his life unapologetically on the front lines, fighting for justice and equality. May God bless his soul in peaceful rest. Please keep the Lewis family in your prayers. Speaking of strong, positive leadership, I want to preface today's discussion by explaining that leaders, good, strong leaders, set the pace and motivate followers, constituents, to follow. The attitude of the leader is often emulated by the followers. Leadership, in more formal terms, is the art of motivating a group of people to act toward achieving a common goal. With that being said, the leader is the single most important person within the organization as he or she identifies the goal or objective, a vision, of course, and provide the strategy and direct the movement of everyone in the proper vein to meet that goal. The parents are the leaders of a household as they provide guidance to those within the home. A mayor, the leader of a city, provides strategic plans prescribed steps to the inhabitants of that city. A governor leads the state, providing the kind of mobilization, the best course of action to facilitate members living within that state. The president is the leader of the government of an entire country, the United States, of course, and is responsible for leading to facilitate the greatest good of every citizen within the country. You see, good leadership is a must especially when we are dealing with a pandemic, a silent yet ferocious killer, a tumultuous demon moving through our land, devouring hopes, dreams, livelihoods, and claiming multiple lives daily. Family, we have no time, nor should we exact energy bickering among ourselves. We should and we must collectively remain in a posture of prayer, while listening to and practicing the serious suggestions from the Centers for Disease Control. Today, I have to talk about a lack of leadership within our current situation. Some writers have called our present leadership crisis the circumstances of a directionless White House. According to Proverbs 1st chapter, 5th verse, a wise man will hear and will increase learning and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. In Proverbs 11th chapter, the 14th verse, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. In other words, even the leadership should adhere to God's word and take heed to the voices of our experts. 
those who have worked in the trenches combating diseases and the spread of the diseases long before our country was introduced to COVID-19. Trust and believe an omniscient God who knew what we would face in 2020 put them in place for a reason as well. Allow me to pause for our cause and say we are in the midst of a global pandemic. Please, please wear a mask every time you step outside of your house or car, among others. The Centers for Disease Control references the three W's. Wear your mask, wash your hands, and watch social distancing in a concerted effort to slow the spread of the coronavirus. Now, these are all simple steps in which each of us can partake to combat viral infection, yet leadership is openly oppositional to one another, and the enemy is having a field day while busily sowing seeds of discord. In spite of the information being delivered by the Centers for Disease Control, the governor of Georgia refuses to mandate that masks be worn. The mayor of Atlanta, who is currently fighting the virus, the coronavirus that is, along with her husband and other family members, has mandated masks within the city of Atlanta. Likewise, Mayor Van Johnson in the neighboring city of Savannah has also mandated masks be worn in all public settings. The President of the United States stands firmly against mandating masks, as he himself has stated, and it's more frequently seen without a mask, although members of his own cabinet have fallen ill with COVID-19. While wisdom has had him surround himself with experts, the arrogance of his foolish pride will only allow him to listen when the experts' findings or directives are aligned with his pre-planned agenda, which at times appears discombobulated or contrary to the good of this nation's citizens. What good is it to have experts, those professional, well-respected counselors, while refusing to follow their directives if you dislike or disagree with their findings or pick and choose only that which caters to your agenda? Leadership, in many instances, is so much stronger when one leads by example, even when it is uncomfortable. According to Proverbs 12th chapter and the 15th verse, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. In the words of Desmond Ford, a wise man changes his mind sometimes, but a fool never. To change your mind is the best evidence you have one. A strong leader, one who is indeed concerned with the plight of a divided country, would be trying to bring the people of this land together, not spitting divisive words or spending every space of a photo op spewing half, sometimes quarter truths of what those from the previous administration did to land us, American, uh, Americans that is, in our current state of affairs. For once, it would be nice to have our president stand up and speak to the issues and disparities with which we are currently faced. Not a photo op, a bash session, or a time to stroke his own arrogant ego about how wonderfully he has managed everything and made right the wrongs of his predecessors. Furthermore, we need not hear again of how we only have such 
a huge number of COVID cases because our testing is second to none. We do it the biggest, the best, the fastest. And had we not been so good, we would not have had such a large majority infected. What a juvenile attitude or take on the vast number of infected individuals in our very communities. You see, with or without testing, the numbers are still surging. And for the past month, Georgia, among other states, have constantly witnessed historical numbers daily, with each day seemingly topping the previous. I got excited a few days ago. I believe it was Sunday, July 12th, when it was noted that New York had reported no new coronavirus patients for just that day. To which I said and still say, to God be all the glory. You see, when every day seems to bring new bad news and the numbers are depressing, when the matter appears insurmountable, any small slice of good news is relished and praised. I've got to shine a light on some good news, some good things, just to counter so much that plagues us and our troubled land. In the midst of this entire tsunami, God is still our refuge. And if you are listening to my voice, I need you to know and repeat, the Lord is my refuge. In him will I trust. By now you must realize there is no hope in the individuals, not even the president, who we call our leaders, as they too struggle with many many visible flaws. Yes, I know, we all have some flaws. But when you're the leader, we expect you to stand up and be accounted for with positive information or at the very least honest information so we can see or figure out how this is going to go. You see, the president continues to speak of this magic vaccine that will be made available in his hopes sooner than later. However, a doctor from Texas, Dr. Richard Bartlett, provided to the President of the United States a remedy to combat COVID-19 at least a month ago. One that has been around for some 20 years, one that's been proven and tried, medication with which he has never lost a patient to COVID-19. I had imagined that once his interview went viral, the medication, an asthma medication, known as budesonide, to be taken with a nebulizer would be a strong go-to remedy. But by the time people are tested or results finally get back, those truly positive have become too sick for this early life-saving intervention. So people continue to die here in this great country where the president boasts of the best health care. When there is a known cure, which has been used in countries like Japan, Taiwan, Singapore, Taiwan's population of 25 million. There are only seven COVID deaths in such a large population. Yes, I said seven COVID deaths in Taiwan. Some would argue about how that country, seemingly third world, lacks the means and methods, the know-how of these United States, yet their citizens are being healed of the coronavirus and they have the numbers to prove it. Early detection, early combating, early budesonide. Go do the math and then ask why are we not using this known cure? Remember, for months our president has stated the citizens of this country need not be tested unless or until they met they have met certain pre- preliminary qualifications. Additionally, 
he claimed it made no sense to test everyone. So we missed the mark by not testing early. No early testing, if at all, and no early remedy. Are our leaders sacrificing dear lives for an agenda? Such news should enrage any and everyone who has lost a loved one, some even multiple loved ones. As the president uses his platform to campaign and not all of his pull to get budesonide into every pharmacy and every doctor treating patients early on should have been made fully aware. Early testing and immediate results coupled with the accessibility to every patient for early treatment could change everything, but mainly more people could live. Oh, excuse me, that would remove the, remove the huge payday that some, especially pharmaceutical companies, are so fixated upon that their eyes get bright when exclaiming, we will have the magic vaccine soon. I am hoping for a reporter to address our president with the question of budesonide and why is the United States not using it more consistently to combat such tumultuous deaths to COVID-19. After all, long drawn out testing is not necessary since it has been around and used to suppress asthma to combat an anti-inflammatory viral disease. But there again, early testing and quick results would be a must. It is more than likely that he will revert back to waiting for the experts, something we all know he only does when it is convenient. Notice how Dr. Fauci was his go-to doctor three months ago. So frequently, the mic and podium were yielded to 79-year-old Dr. Fauci, an immunologist and director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases since 1984, to give his expert advice up until the good doctor gave him too much truth. That would be truth that did not coincide with his plan of action. Think about it. When was the last time we saw President Trump yield the mic to Dr. Fauci? Eventually, there must have been nothing in Dr. Fauci's speech to support uh, Donald Trump's actions, nothing to justify his directives and demands. So all of a sudden, Dr. Fauci, with his common sense approach, has become a liability to the Trump campaign, resulting in cover-up comments like, we do not have a Fauci problem in the White House. Maybe not, but the problem that's plagued this country, even prior to COVID-19, is a lack of consistency and cohesiveness, a lack of focus and a lack of vision. Once again, God's word has proclaimed, where there is no vision, the people perish. In President Donald Trump's apparently mixed up agenda, a lack of understanding and poor judgment as to what is truly important, the president took aim at Bubba Wallace NASCAR's only black race car driver who just happened to have suggested that the Confederate flag should be done away with at the race venues. NASCAR agreed and banned all Confederate flags. President Trump stood before the nation, blasted NASCAR for banning the Confederate flag and wrongly accused Bubba Wallace of perpetrating a hoax when it was actually a crew member that found a noose in the team garage stall no hoax. After federal authorities investigated, they determined the noose had been hanging in the stall since October, and it was not the result of a hate crime. 
the president went on to say that Bubba Wallace owes the American people an apology, to which Bubba posted, love wins over hate, Mr. President. I could not be more proud of Bubba for taking the high road and not stooping to a low place with one who has so much more that his agenda demands he could do and should be doing rather than picking fights with those whose intellect won't allow for such childish taunting. Just for the record, Bubba Wallace owes no one an apology for his crew making known their very real concern for his safety and well-being. However, it was his team that questioned and reported a noose that hung or hang in Bubba Wallace's race car stall, a discovery that led to the investigation. Thank God for how things turned out. The President of the United States ought to be ashamed of himself for even suggesting such nonsense. To which I say, what does the Confederate flag or Bubba Wallace have to do with this country's current crisis This seemingly insurmountable pandemic sounds like the president has his hands filled with what he ought to be worried about at this point. Could we possibly get our president to stand and pontificate a plan of action with equal emotion and fervency as the citizens of this country deserve some real focused, cohesive directives to combat this silent killer? I assure you more people are interested in our leaders' plans for combating COVID-19 than removing the Confederate flag from NASCAR or Bubba Wallace's apology for a matter he did not even author. I repeat, America, this great stolen country built on the backs of a stolen people, must at least invest in a leader, in leaders in general, who realize that fault runs deep and as far back as 10 generations. A generation is 40 years. Long before Bubba, the Confederate flag, or any of us arrived. As the story unfolds, America remains a nation divided. A land that is cursed with a curse. And only God can sustain us. So I trust and depend on him and him alone. Here's what I do know. COVID-19 is alive and well right here in the United States. People of all colors, shapes, sizes, ethnicities, and socioeconomic backgrounds are struggling with the ramifications of this deadly virus. Some families are buckling under the pressure of trying to pull the money together to keep the family fed, lights on, the rent paid. Others make hard decisions about paying various bills or keeping the necessary meds to sustain dear life, or at the very least, some quality of life. More than 2.4 million in Georgia have lost their jobs, and many are still awaiting unemployment benefits. The financial, physical, and mental tolls have been innumerable. Doctors, nurses, EMTs, and nursing home attendees have abandoned their own beds at home to minimize the chance of spreading the virus to those they love and cherish or take pride in caring for. Too many contemplate suicide or utilizing meds that numb themselves and emotions as the toll of social deprivation is becoming unbearable. Please recognize we all need human touch and proximal contact with real, live people. Social media alone just won't do. Yet the president boasts the U.S. is at its best. The stock market is booming. Jobs are increasing. Things are better than ever for African-Americans Asians, 
even dreamers, and we have the best, strongest military. He has taken an opportunity to uplift the American people as our fearless leader so rightly should, considering the times, to speak out against Joe and Hunter Biden and lay out how he is the better man, the more diplomatic gentleman for the job. He turned the opportunity to uplift, encourage, and inspire his people, our people, the American people. He turned it into a Biden bash session. Unbelievable. Simply unbelievable. He digressed to the Obama White House, claiming Obama and Biden incentivized illegal child smuggling by expanding asylum for all illegal child smugglers. Biden and Obama brought illegal killers back to the United States, according to President Donald Trump, as their countries refused to take them back in after they had been found guilty of such heinous crimes. Allow me to be very, very clear. While the coronavirus wreaks havoc on the citizens of America, where President Trump, accepted or not, is the leader of this free world, there has been no flattening of the curve. And in more states than we care to admit, the numbers are increasing, even multiplying exponentially. Of course, some, a few have admitted that they opened their states and cities a bit prematurely in hopes of mending an economy that has buckled too close to flatline under the stress of this brutal virus, which is showing no signs of slowing down to flatten the curve. Right here in Georgia, there are 131,000 cases and 3,300 deaths. To date, hundreds line up in parking lot testing sites, waiting for hours for the nostril swab that only provide answers after testing within a week or two. Yet some grow weary and frustrated, waiting even longer for their results. In the interim, the President of the United States has declared children must get back to school. Children want to go to school, he says. I'm certain they do. Yet we teachers, like the young man, Kedron Bryan, saying, we just want to live. We want our families to live, our students, parents, and grandparents all to live. The president speaks very little about his plan of action to help get the virus under control, yet refuses to mandate and even follow those directives outlined by the Centers for Disease Control, as it, once again, does not align to his plan of action, whatever that plan is. He, along with Georgia's Governor Brian Kemp, as well as others, has unequivocally stated they will not mandate that each and every citizen wear a mask when around others in the general public, a stance that leaves me wondering, will they take the same ironclad stance to protect everyone's personal right to refuse a vaccine and not be scrutinized or labeled for the refusal? I was under the impression that everyone would happily comply and use their platforms to mandate compliance with mask wearing everywhere. Yet my assumption was completely wrong, and I've been left shaking my head. While my inquisitive mind seeks a good answer to better understand the reason for such staunch resistance. Currently, Governor Kemp is suing Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, along with the city council members, for mandating masks for any and everyone who mixes and mingles in any and all public settings. 
in an effort to flatten the curve. Mayor Bottoms even requested rolling back Atlanta's reopening to shelter in place and revert back to total social distancing. Mayor Bottoms, along with Mayor Van Johnson of Savannah, are among the leaders in Georgia being blasted by the governor as he refuses to impose mandates on the good but increasingly infected citizens of Georgia. Governor Kemp did state that Mayor Bottoms' answer to COVID would hurt businesses and business owners, would lose jobs, and the economy would suffer. In other words, the economy trumps common sense measures as suggested by the Centers for Disease Control to save lives. At a time when we must all be on one accord and showing a united front, we fight among ourselves. But according to those or these growing numbers, we have no time to waste. That is, if we as a community, a state, a country are going to survive. On Saturday, July 18th, when this episode number 12 was recorded, the United States had recorded more than 3,647,715 cases with more than 139,266 deaths, of which Georgia has reported 135,183 cases and more than 3,132 deaths. Neighboring South Carolina, more than 69,765 cases and more than 1,138 deaths. Florida, reporting 350,047 cases and more than 4,982 deaths. Where North Carolina has reported 99,778 cases and just over 1,634 deaths. I challenge you to conduct your own research to see where we stand as of today. How many more must die before leaders from all levels of government get on one accord? My point as a student of leadership who sits under leadership and and pays close attention to leaders, I understand fully that there are leaders who spend their time in front of people and constituents reacting and playing in a posture of defense While great leaders are proactive, they position themselves to protect and deflect offensively using the most common sense, logically pre-planned interventions based upon intentional actions, according to expert findings and those processes deemed best practices to obtain the most efficacious outcomes. Now, in simple terms, intellect demands that we do what is best to get the best results that would be to possibly save the greatest number of lives. Where there is no vision, the people surely perish. A clear message and understanding I will always cherish. For all to see, write the vision and make it very plain. Yes, share the plan so followers understand clarity to sustain. Nothing against the president, but lacking in clear decisions, reveals a breakdown, confusion abound and a White House without sure vision. Lives are at stake when good leadership could take away a bit of fear. Real people depending on real leaders with integrity to tell truths with compassion and care. This country needs you, Mr. President. Do away with prideful pats on your back. Share the vision and make it plain. No fibs, but full of fame. Just give us naked facts. 
People are hurting, suffering, and dying as valuable time passes. No conscious but litigious discord about all wearing masks. According to Dr. Fauci and the Centers for Disease Control, wash your hands, wear a mask in public, and watch social distancing, we are told. That leadership would lay down ego and pride and all really come together. Our survival depends on the unity we extend, collectively caring for each other. Good leaders cannot suggest and advise followers of what to do when the advice is still openly lacking commitment and opposed by even you. Cannot keep saying one thing and doing another when actions and deeds reveal secret plans undercover. Transparency with a clear, cohesive plan is all that we ask for. That all of our hearts, our might, is utilized to fight defeating coronavirus for sure. Continue to pray for our leaders today that they will unite and speak as one, cohesively planning while supportively standing till the COVID-19 war is done. Until just strong communicated vision drives good decisions for the good and care of all, for all to band together, masking up to protect each other, united we stand, divided we fall. Well, family, this is number 12 of Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran. I pray that this broadcast has uplifted, encouraged, and inspired someone. We are in a pandemic, a crisis that we can only defeat on one accord. Our fearless leader, I pray, must have a vision. Write the vision and make it plain. Leaders must come together, strategize, cohesively discuss, touch and agree on the most conducive way to execute a well-thought-out plan of action, communicate effectively on every level, then practice what is preached so that followers can at least see that there is indeed a vision, a clear plan. Please remember that when our leaders, even the White House appears out of order or discombobulated, citizens feel the air of instability, which lends itself to instability throughout states, cities, and towns. Had our White House clearly stated a firm commitment to masks, Georgia's Governor Brian Kemp would not be suing Atlanta's mayor or threatening Savannah's mayor for deciding to mandate masks. Chaos among levels of leadership motivates chaos among citizens. Yes, citizens are fighting in the streets, either about possible exposure due to someone's decision to either wear or not wear masks. Please remember to pray for our leaders, as our present circumstances cannot be easy for anyone in those positions of leadership. Remember, God is able to turn things around, but it will take commitment, courage, and open, honest communications. Please don't forget to say something on my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn page. I welcome your questions, comments, critiques, and suggestions on topics you'd like to explore. Who knows, you might just end up being a guest on an upcoming broadcast. Remember, I'm just a regular girl navigating this diverse world. I'm looking forward to each of you. Until then, take care of yourself, each other, and stay blessed. The Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Log on to castropolis.net.